So balance is something that uh, I've been thinking about a lot lately. It, it always feels like there's like some theme. Like I remember my first Buddhist theme was intention. I remember there was a year where I just, that word stuck out to me and I was thinking a lot about my intention. What was the reason I was doing things? And um, this year it's been it's been balanced for many reasons and in many ways. But the one I wanted to start this out with is I was thinking about mindfulness because I'm doing this all the secular work with meditation and mindfulness now. And so the traditional definition of mindfulness, the John Kabat-Zinn definition is purposeful attention in the present moment without judgment. And in teaching this like again and again, I, I like, I realized that when you try to do that, you inevitably notice the opposite of those things. So you notice reactive attention and you notice uh, past and, and future thinking and you notice um, your judgments and your evaluations and your analysis. So this technique of mindfulness, purposeful attention, present moment without judgment, inevitably leads to being mindful of unmindfulness. And, and it struck me that this is actually kind of like a lot of the material that we're uncovering in the Vajrayana, where there's like a seeming duality that's actually like a unitary situation. You know, like my, a state of mindfulness includes mindfulness and unmindfulness. It includes being aware of those things. And you have this, mm. this um, situation where, it, and the reason this relates to balance, I think, is because it's not that you should never be reactive. We know we need to be able to react to things. And we know we need to be able to think about the past and the future. And we need to be able to analyze and evaluate. But we have this bias towards those type of things and we need to generate some awareness and so, so that we can choose and balance properly. Like in any given moment, should I be purposeful or reactive? Or should I, you know, can I stay in the present moment? Or do I need to be thinking about what happened before or what might happen next? It's like a, a concept I'm trying to get my head around still. Because I think there is this technique of being mindful. Mm -hmm. like, And that's like what's taught to anybody when you learn to meditate. But to say it another way, like, I think everyone has the experience of, oh, I must be doing this wrong uh -huh, because uh -huh. what we experience is the opposite of the technique we're taught. Oh, right, right. We, but again and again, we're told, you know, that's good. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know what I mean? Like we need to, being mindful means noticing when we're distracted. Right, but right, right. it's inevitable that when people learn to meditate, it's the distraction that they encounter and it's the distraction that they think is is a you know an indicator that they're not a good meditator or not a good practitioner of mindfulness right okay yeah well so i think one thing that comes to mind immediately about that is that perhaps uh it's more about this issue of you know sometimes the terminology that's used is to like reify like um mm. like the the impulse of reification so like meaning let's say that you've sort of come to in your experience and your present and your uh you know you're not unconscious you're walking through your morning or something and 
making a point of being mindful and you notice the impulse, a sort of reactive impulse, I think the thing is then to like not reinforce it. Like in, in other words, not to like succumb to it, but to just kind of let it be like a, a ripple, you know? Mm. I mean, that's kind of to, to actually have complete control over what arises in our experience is not probably very realistic, but it's the, yeah, yeah. it's, it's more about the question of reaction to the reaction. And I know a lot of people like to use response, right? Yeah, like for right, some reason right. that sounds more responsible, uh-huh. I guess. So, I mean, that's one thing that comes to mind with that. But then maybe another thing would be the mindfulness versus awareness question the way that i think about it in my practice mind is just there's kind of nothing in conflict with like the awareness principle as long as we have that sort of thread of of bare awareness going then there is no like real problem the kind of knee-jerk type of reaction that we might have in our mind in the course of experience or something can just easily settle potentially easily settle back into into awareness. You know, I, I'm thinking of it in terms of like the mindfulness and awareness principles. You know what I mean? Are you, are you talking about like what we, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, I think the words are shishin and drempa. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, I think this is, yeah, this is an important distinction to make because mindfulness is such a squishy word that has a zillion different uses. So, um I think there's plenty of people who use mindfulness in a modern context, actually probably just to refer to the state of awareness. Right, right. Um, But then there's also a very useful construct in Tibetan Buddhism of having like mindfulness be like the focal point where the attention is and awareness, everything around that. So like one, one way I was talking about that recently is it's kind of like if you think about wherever you're looking at a given point in time, there's a very small space that you're actually like clearly seeing, you know, like we have a whole field of vision in front of us, but wherever our eye is looking, if you think about what percentage of that you're actually really taking in clearly, it's pretty small. Um, But if you, while you're looking at something, if you notice something in your peripheral vision, you know, it's a little bit fuzzier, you know, you can't necessarily see it clearer. But I think like if you're doing it right now, you may notice the the temptation to turn and and look at the thing in your peripheral vision that you noticed. Mm-hmm. So there's I, I think our attention is kind of like that, where we can put our attention somewhere and whether it's the breath or some kind of anchor. And that's really where our attention is placed. But at the same time, like we're always vaguely noticing other things or not so vaguely and and potentially feeling drawn to them you know and wanting to turn our gaze to those things to the other things that appear in that field of vision in the peripheral kind of angle and so i would think about like mindfulness as being like the thing we're clearly looking at that little piece and then awareness being just that peripheral um aspect but here we're not talking just about vision we're talking about like a whole mental experience Mm -hmm. but i mean definitely like it another piece of this might be that it just takes time to um settle into all this like at first when we might begin to apply mindfulness to our lives 
you're gonna feel a little bit like you're not quite able to do it or you're not quite doing it right or something because it's true that we're not quite able to do it but but the noticing of the constant distraction and reactivity is the first step to it and then more and more those things kind of subside and there's more of simplicity of mind and then also more and more when they do arise you have the kind of expansive attitude that just lets them kind of like settle back in because to react to that reactivity is just more of the same kind of like unsettled mind energy you know i mean it's like when you have reactivity the the more quickly that you can just expansively settle i mean that's the better i mean to to like react to that doesn't really help anything but anyway i mean i think the point is that it just takes a little bit of time as well to like situate your ourselves in in that kind of uh perspective another key piece is like it, right from the beginning we're introduced to a situation of seeming paradox you know we're introduced to the situation of being invited to place attention purposefully present moment without judgment and and then our experience is one of an alternation between purposeful and reactive and present and past and future. Uh-huh. And so right from the beginning, it's like a seeming paradox. And, and maybe that's actually a good way to, to approach it right from the beginning. I never thought about that. But, you know, like kind of saying like this is what it's going to be like. You're going to start getting into a space where you're okay with an active uncertainty. You know, right. you're... you're acclimating to this situation of of balance and like i love thinking of the idea of like a if you had like a like a teeter-totter or something and you were standing in the middle of the teeter-totter with one mm-hmm. leg on either side of the fulcrum you know like you're always going to be kind of paying attention to which side's going down and adjusting a little bit and like it's just it's a situation of always being active you don't right. actually really that like the state of rest is actually a state of active rest yes. in meditation. Yeah. Our idea of finding a static situation of comfort um, is not like compatible with with meditation. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Is that too definitive a statement, or is that? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that's a really good point. It's like some state of stability in practice has to do with being actively finding balance consistently the only thing i would add to that would just maybe be that like we don't probably know at this point like where one might end up eventually like maybe eventually it it genuinely is a sort of effortless stability in, in a state of illumination or something you know but like who knows? I guess I'm speaking about where like the final result of all this might come in. So it's just kind of speculation for me. But I would say maybe, you know, there's never going to be a point where like the way the way I want to say is like there's never going to be a point where like reality or the phenomenal world is is dead. You know what I mean? Like mm, real, mm-hmm. reality is alive active there's the active element the energy element probably always so that's sort of what we're talking about i think on like an elemental level is like how we sort of situate ourselves 
with respect to reality. I mean, just like the energy aspect of reality. Um, I think your statement is, is, um, very insightful. Like the state of practice is the state of not necessarily finding somewhere to rest as much as it is like resting in a constant state of being attentive to balance or being properly situated in the phenomenal world. And there is to bring the balance back in, like we also can't find ourselves in, in some certainty in this either, because I think that's kind of what you're saying with this idea of like the end point of, of this path, you know, like whether it's enlightenment or, um, you know, something like that, like there's still this idea that like maybe it actually isn't active at all. And ultimately speaking, it's just that the way things are is what appears from our relative viewpoint to be active or motion. Right, right, Or right. like, you know, a beginning or an end or responding to something that seems to be a separate thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's hard to say from that side. But, um, but yeah, I think, this is, I think this is really important because we really shouldn't ever be finding certainty in this stuff. On one level, yes, you know, and there's an important text in our tradition called the Torch of Certainty, you know, but I think (laughs) that's coming from a relative viewpoint. You know, it's like it's language to help us with this experience of duality. Like we want to be certain in the teachings, but at the same time, like that certainty is, is an active process of adjusting. So the resting that we do in meditation is an active resting until, until, we potentially have it perfected. Um, otherwise, like, you know, we're not actually present and, a, and attentive and applying what's needed in the moment. That's kind of, I think what I was talking about with like um, purposeful versus reactive, you know, in any given moment, we, we need one of those, but we generally lean on one. <laughs> so like we mm-hmm. have to be able to get to know both of those situations and be, okay like i liked when you said it's like a ripple you know active like a a moment of uh distraction or reactivity could be just like a ripple in your experience you could just watch it kind of float away but at the same time we also want to be able to begin to select in a given Mm -hmm. moment what we need and be aware of what we're selecting but um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so, so i guess the point i'm trying to make is like we really can't land anywhere that we think is the whole story without then responding with, well, but, (laughs) you know, I think to me, that's maybe one of the biggest things I'm still working with or that I've taken away from this whole path is like, there, there always has to be two answers in to, to stuff, you know, Mm. at least. At least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess a lot of this conversation is honestly, maybe a lot of, the Dharma in general is just finding different ways to state the same things. Right. But like another thing that kind of another way to talk around this, I feel like is to bring in the whole notion of fixation, you know, fixating on certain, uh, thoughts, feelings, sensory experiences. And I think a way that I would relate to this conversation is that, a lot of our task is to sort of begin to 
abide within our experience of the phenomenal world, you know, to be in the stream of experience without fixation, just within awareness, but without fixation, which is something that sounds simple, and it is theoretically simple, but to actually be honed in, I mean, it's it's actually practicing that, I think, is all about constantly calibrating the balance that we're talking about here, like to actually be resting in one's own kind of awareness without kind of like zoning out, you know? So like it has that active state of rest where you're also perceiving everything, but but not becoming fixated on it, um, you know? Yeah, and I, th- I think that's just like, conversations we've had about music too in the sense that like when you're playing music in particular you can't fixate on a certain thing you just did you know right or, right right or about to do you know like there's things you know ideally you're just in this state of flow where things are happening and they're not unconscious but they're also not um you know there's not a whole lot of premeditation mm-hmm. going on and there's definitely you really can't do a lot of retrospective thinking while you're while you're making music yeah i feel like that's a great illustration actually um especially like in the context of improvisational music i mean that really does that evokes something very real for me to think about how you can't really afford to get stuck anywhere it literally is like you just have to keep moving and i mean i think that definitely applies to this conversation like a simple principle we could maybe think about in this is that everything just keeps moving i mean reality keeps moving uh we can't really afford to get stuck you know things just keep happening um so like being in the flow of that uh unfolding maybe our various like states of suffering could all be said to be product of getting just like literally just hung up on whatever little note in all of that we tend to fixate on. Yeah, and that present moment situation, you know, that that nowness, as Trungpa talks about it, you know, that's like the only thing we've got. And there's a zillion poems and songs and movies and religions and stuff that all talk about, you know, that in one way or another, about like how all we have is right now. Like this is this exact moment not the moment i was just talking about this one not that right, one, this right. one <laughs> but like yeah i mean and i think it's it's really indicative i think of a of a, a habit of laziness you know like i think what leads to feeling like something's going wrong when we have to keep responding to distraction i i think it's like a it's like some laziness it's like i have to keep being active Right, I have to right, keep right, yeah. adjusting, you know, and I think it's it's almost like a mislabeling of our situation and what and the situation we're looking for, you know, like we keep thinking that like the goal is like a frozen state of of perfection, right, and that's absolutely not it. It's actually like the opposite. It's like it is resting and it is restful and that's why like people talk about enlightenment as peace you know but it but that peace is is constantly responsive to the situation and so part of like and actually i think that's even maybe even a bigger part of the 
applied practice of meditation in daily life. I mean, we have to work with it in the formal practice, but I think the applied practice is really just more and more recognizing like, oh, we have to keep responding even when we're not doing our formal meditation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we have to keep adjusting and also being aware because so much of like that getting hung up on certain notes is getting hung up on a reality that isn't actually existing in that moment. Right. You know, right. it's either something you wish had happened that didn't mm-hmm. or something that um, you wish didn't happen that did, you know, and there's this like, you're kind of for, for very long parts of our, of our experience. I think we're actually stuck in a whole other timeline that mm-hmm. never happened, mm-hmm. you know, and, and is, is not as impossible to happen in the given moment. Um, and and what we've done is let go of of that being in the now, let go of that nowness, and and the and that nowness is is active, and so it's and I think that's where the vulnerability and the scariness comes from, is because like that now could be very pleasant, but being really in the moment is recognizing fully that that's probably about to go at some point, mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with letting it go. And that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought up fixation because that is, you know, what the Buddha taught as being the cause of all suffering. So any any fixation like that is is going to make us hurt in varying degrees. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just interesting to think about how often we talk about things like like diligence and joyous effort. You know, it's like that effort and exertion, I think is another word that's used sometimes right. for that joyous effort kind of thing. Like we, we always need to be um, exerting some kind of active energy. Um, and that is maybe feels the easiest in formal meditation because we're sitting down to work just on that. But it's the whole rest of the day that we could be integrating that. And that usually means being open to change in ways that we're generally not. Yeah, it's easy to get into the habit of thinking like there's a kind of comfort zone in formal practice. And then like once you've done that, it's like you can kind of hang your hat on your practice session or something, you know? And then mm-hmm. it's it's al- yeah, yeah. it's almost like life is kind of just secondary or something. Like as long as you make it through the day and then get back to your cushion eventually, that's there's some recipe for success there. And that's just not quite it. I think the reality actually is, at least as far as our actual lives in, in this time and place go, the reality is, is probably that we should be getting up from our practice session almost like now we're about to start the real practice I mean, yeah. I mean, the meditation sessions are, of course, like crucial for finding a kind of, it's basically like practicing calibration of balance in a safe setting that we're about to have to practice in very volatile circumstances. You know, it's like, yeah, you, I love that. you have, you have like a stable space to sort of like get used to what you're about to have to do, but then it can't stop after that. 